and boom goes the dynamite. It is Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back with a brand new episode of The Boom. I'm your host, James B. McDaniel. Kevin, how has your week been, buddy? It'll be better when you give me that apology you owe me. Do I owe you an apology? Is that right? I, you know, I, uh, yes, but I'm not going to talk about what it's for. <laughs> you literally threw me off. It almost just hit me. <laughs> You'd have like a concern here. in your face. I like, was like, <laughs> oh my God, what did I do? I always assume I've done something to everyone. So yeah, I, uh, I had alternative openings to this that kind of played yeah. into that. I'm not going to share them at the moment, but uh, let's just say CM Punk is a huge asshole, man. He is a huge, in my personal opinion, I'm not one to ride fences. CM Punk is a massive dick, a massive throbbing penis um, who is in the face of everyone in AEW right now, forcing us all to choose sides. And, on, and, and let me tell you, he is the only man in pro wrestling that can make me choose the side of another man wearing butterfly blue jeans. <laughs> that's 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 see the, the butterfly blue thing. jeans that that won me over. So I'd be that helped me hey, pick well, my okay. side anyway. That's fair. No. Okay. So, so if it was a if it was a uh, if if you had to choose on a side between uh, CM Punk and Ronda Rousey. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, that's hard. I'm really, and I've interviewed Ronda personally a number of times. Yeah. I am, might might have to choose Punk. <laughs> might have to go with Punk. No, we're going to get in. We're going to get okay. into why I am being very hateful towards CM Punk here. But the story is CM Punk walked to the ring. Mm-hmm. And before he got to the business at hand, he yep. said he had some important matters and some not important matters. First, we were going to get to the non-important matters. And he called out Hangman Page, said, if you want a rematch, you can do it right here. We can do it right here, right now. He's sitting cross-legged in the ring. Right. In street clothes. Yes, in street clothes. And the fans went crazy because they yep. think right. Hangman Page can't turn down this, this yeah. challenge. He's going to come out and we're going to get a match. So CM Punk teased the fans with something he knew was never going to happen. Yep. Because CM Punk... I believe I thought he wasn't even in the building. He wasn't on the show. It turns out I think he was in the building. Had no idea this was going on. Hangman, yeah, he was back in catering with John Silver. Is that right? Yeah, the John Silver uh, posted a picture of Hangman eating, eating and catering, and said, "In case you were wondering where he was, <laughs> okay, he I was bu- why he was busy that. or something like that." I, I need to check that out. God love John Silver. And then he said something to the effect of. The apology needs to be as loud as the, as the offense. Yeah, as the or disrespect. something like that. As the disrespect, exactly. And apparently, as we learned throughout the week, this was a call back to the last step in their feud. One of their one of their how do you, how would you put it? Um face offs. One of their face offs. Yeah. Um, in which apparently Adam Page brought up some very real things. Mm-hmm. which in my opinion is something that happens a lot in AEW, and it's probably right. encouraged in a super cryptic Punk, way. Yeah. And CM Punk was not a fan of it. And this was his, his chance to get back at Adam page by playing with the emotions of the fans, right. Potentially really hurting the reputation of one of the biggest faces in the company. But then he went on to cut one hell of a heel promo against John Moxley. And so there's a lot of people wondering, did he do this in part to get over more as a heel? Was 
was this his attempt at a heel turn? Because if so, it's only working with the hardcores like myself. Mm-hmm. It's not working with the casuals there in the audience. He said nope. Eddie Kingston was only the I think the the third, the third best Eddie, third best Eddie. yeah, and the second best Kingston he's been in the locker room with. Mm-hmm. John Moxley, um, he says will be like the second best John he's defeated in Chicago for a title. Yep. He had a number of things like that. Eddie Kingston called him out on Twitter, uh, basically saying big yeah. talk <laughs> when he's out of town. Yeah. Um, this was a whole thing. This was the talk of pro wrestling this entire week. And this is a week where we're, we're going to talk in a second about how MJF might be coming back soon. Right. This was the news. This was the story. Yeah. What's your take on it? I mean, much, uh, much the same. It, 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 uh, you know, uh, okay. I don't. Oh, presume. one last thing. Oh, oh yes. One please. last thing. So that this was not the last time that he and Moxley faced off. Right. Now, ostensibly, if you're trusting what they're saying on the air, right. that match has been moved up from All Out to this Wednesday. To this Wednesday CM on TV. Yeah. On TV, which right. there are some legit reasons I could see them doing that. Yeah. But I just wanted to get that out before we start going through. I can our only think of. On I can only think of one or two, but I'll save that. Okay. Uh, okay. So I've never worked in wrestling, never wrestled, never, you know, I'm a guy who's watched it a lot and that's about it. Right. So any knowledge I have about code and ethics and Mm -hmm. backstage, uh, you know, honor and all that stuff. Right. Is, uh, purely mostly speculation from reading a lot and listening to podcasts like this one. You just described this entire (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, but what I understand is this is a business that involves uh, people being professionals and trusting yeah. each other to take care of each other and not to exactly. go into business for themselves. And sometimes in the ring, I think about it like in the ring as they're wrestling, there's a plan. There's, you know, things someone's calling it and you're expected to cooperate to a certain degree. Sometimes you might hit each other a little hard. And then you might get a receipt where someone slaps you back. Yeah. It's all good. And then there's a thing where they call it taking liberties. Yeah. Where you're taking liberties with somebody. You're shooting on them. You're making them look bad. You're, you're, uh, you're sandbagging them. You're sandbagging them. Yeah. Something like that. This to me is the, um, I guess what we call it, the promo version of taking liberties. Yeah. So punk punk didn't just. Punk didn't just like hit a little close to the vest. He didn't whatever. He undermined the television show. He undermined yes. his own pay-per-view main event. Yes. And he undermined, you know, one of the top two or three biggest stars he could make in the future. He undermined Tony's booking. He undermined his boss. He, yeah, he undermined his boss and he undermined like he tried to bury one of the biggest faces in the company by making him look like a, a quote unquote right. punk. Right. Um by, by challenging him and then him not appearing to accept right. the challenge. Right. And that's, yeah, that's just not cool. Like that's not cool at all. It's, it's unprofessional. It's, you know, whatever. I don't care how right he feels it is. That's not something that he should get away with. And I don't know what that means in terms of not get away with it because you still yeah. need him to main event a pay-per-view. It's not like you're going to fire him. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's still the, the most valuable guy you have in the company. It would be a bigger deal for him to for him to leave and then show up in WWE in a couple of years right. to me than it was Cody Rhodes packing mm-hmm. up and leaving, even though he was a founder of the company. Right. CM Punk is that big a star, and I hate it. 
I hate the yeah. aesthetic <laughs> star. The thing is, I have, I have, I go between not liking CM Punk and being happy that he's in AEW because I've always wanted AEW to succeed. Right. For instance, when when CM Punk was in WWE and he was one of their biggest stars, but I found out there was all kind of backstage heat mm-hmm. because he wanted to be the star. Right. In particular, I think the star at that moment who was getting pushed, I could be wrong here. Literally everyone listening to us is more familiar with WWE product over the last 20 years than I am, but I believe he wanted to be pushed ahead of Brian, ahead of Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's asinine. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like being number two to Daniel Bryan is there's no at reason that to time, be upset about sure. that. Yeah. At that time, especially. Punk had already been on top at that point. Yeah. And Brian was on the uh, the upswing. He was, he was the next the guy. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And so that really turned me off of CM Punk back then. Mm-hmm. And then during his absence, during the whole lawsuit with the doctor mm-hmm. and it cu- turning out that he promised to cover Colt Cabana's legal bills. Right. And then didn't. And, and then, then didn't. just didn't. Yeah. That really, that really soured me on CM Punk a lot. Yeah. I didn't want him to sign with AEW. And it sounds like you're not the only one. Then, yeah. Then I find out that Tony Khan had had JR reach out to CM Punk uh-huh. to come to AEW. And then CM Punk claimed, I can't remember this precise burial, but he tried to, he, he buried on the mic AEW by claiming they had like an announcer or something like that reach out to him. And that the boss didn't even. Yes, that's right. Yes, I do. Remember so that. this is I three times CM Punk's mm-hmm. been a complete asshole, complete asshole and, and unnecessarily a complete asshole, like a, mm-hmm. a massive dick. Yeah. And then what was the last one? I can't. I there was one more that it's probably everyone listening will be happy. I can't remember what the fourth <laughs> one was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I assumed all week, and I was telling my friends, like, I don't have any information on this. This is just an assumption Mm -hmm. that this entire shoot, I thought, was partially based on Colt Cabana's contract. Right. Because it came up a few months ago Mm that Colt Cabana's contract was not going to be renewed. Right. Somebody, a major star in AEW, stood up for for Colt Cabana, Mm -hmm. and that caused AEW to re-sign him, but to ROH. But to ROH, right. The entire reason. Yeah, and at the time, it was sort of unconfirmed. This is rumors. No one would come out and actually say that was true. And now everyone's acting like that's just common knowledge we all knew was true all along, which I guess we kind of did, but just no one would confirm it. Dave Meltzer's, I believe, confirmed it. I I could be incorrect, but I believe Dave has confirmed it. Yeah, I believe Adam Page is, is the one that stood up and saved Colt Cabana's job when we know the other members of the Dark Order, at least Stu Grayson, mm-hmm. he was being offered a contract. He just didn't want to accept that contract. Colt Cabana right. was not offered a contract right. initially, and that's ridiculous. He is universally beloved backstage outside of that asshole CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's his current nickname. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly. TACM, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it would seem that, that Tony Khan was going to get rid of Colt Cabana to satiate to, to CM Punk, who does not want to be in the locker room with someone he doesn't like. And now we hear that before CM Punk's injury, um, that he said he was never going to job to Adam Page 
because of whatever Adam Page said directly to right. his face. Right. Something about him in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I don't. I cannot. He, he you probably he talked about how he talked big about workers' rights, but then didn't stick up for people when when that when it was needed. There you go. Yeah. And that seems like a fair criticism to me. But again, this is something we we get. Yeah. Again, probably did belong on TV. Feud. What's that? Like it again? Like pages? Com- you know, pages comments. That's fair. You know, that probably didn't belong in a TV promo. Let's either. say they crossed the line. Absolutely. Right. But that's what the I way, would call like a stiff shot, not taking liberties. Exactly. Because because CM when Adam Page did that, CM Punk was standing eight inches away right. with a mic in his hand. Yep. That it, again, stiff shot. Yeah. Even if it's wrong and Page shouldn't have done it. Yeah. The guy was right there and could answer to anything he said. Right. Now, um, one thing real yes. quick, though. I went. Mm-hmm. I meant to go back and look, but I just didn't have the time to look it all up what the dates would have been. I thought there might have been a week when Paige called out Punk when he wasn't there. Okay. And and I'm open uh, to during that, those. I don't have it. And, I, I, and I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But it came right. to mind that 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 specific thing of calling him out when he was backstage was a thing of like, well, you called me out once when I wasn't even there. Right. Uh, that there might have been a little like, you know. There are probably heroes and villains in this story, but both yes. both people have, uh, you know, probably they, been counterproductive done, at some point. Yes. To different degrees. I'm not yes. trying to equate. Neither everybody. man is without sin here. Right. But honestly, maybe the thing that, and everybody knows I'm a fan of Adam Page, just not his genes. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, that really pissed me off the most was Adam, was CM Punk playing with the fans' emotions. Yeah. Yes. They've paid for their tickets. They're excited to be here. They're excited right. to see him. He's teasing them with a match that's not going to happen. Right. He knows it's not going to happen. I don't like that. I really don't like that at all. Right. I don't like so, that. Um, and, of course, and, all of this is shadowed by my feelings for all these other things he's done in the past. Yes. Which I think have been dick moves. And right. so I'm not on the side of CM Punk here, even though Adam Page definitely not 100% um, without sin in this matter. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't even – the thing is, since this – since this happened, we haven't seen Adam Page. We uh, other than on John Silver's Twitter. That's right. Now, I, I the, the whole thing makes me really sad because mm-hmm. I agree with everything you said about pretty much. I mean, look, I was a huge punk fan. Yeah. Uh, I saw his first world title win when he cashed in Money in the Bank in Oklahoma City at Raw, and like he was the, he was he was the guy. Like everything, the legend of him was that I was that fan of. Like yeah. he's the guy who's going to break through for the indie guys. You know, if he can be on top then anyone can be, you know, anyone can, there's no glass ceiling anymore. So I was a fan of his. And then the more you find out about him, you're like, wow, he's a very unpleasant individual, which is really weird because the, the thing that I like most about CM Punk or, or Phil Brooks, the real person is, uh, is his wife, AJ seems really cool. Yeah, she does. And, and I was really hoping she would come back for AEW. Yeah. And and there are many people that I'm like, well, this guy seems like a jerk, but she seems good and she seems to see something in him. So maybe there's something good. Yeah. And when he came back uh, a year ago this weekend mm-hmm. and told that story about being unhealthy and how unhealthy he was and realized the work he had to do and how his wife helped him and, and all this, you know, and, and mm-hmm. rediscovered his love of what was important to him and that kind of thing. I bought it and I still, yeah, bought, I still, for him. I still believe that that was true at that time, mm-hmm. but something 
the thing I wonder, here's the thing I wonder about what's going on inside his head. Right. He's been out what, uh, July, August, about two and a half months. Mm-hmm. What's he been doing those two and a half months other than stewing over hangman page? Like yeah. the day after, like, why didn't he do this the day after, uh, you know, the wins, the dynamite after double or nothing in LA, yeah. you know, he could have said, Hey, let's do a rematch right here, right now. You know, do the exact same thing. There's something that makes me think he was stewing about this a long time. I agree. Or I think he's just been sitting there. Yeah. Like lifting weights. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. His arms don't show it. <laughs> yeah. He didn't look. Like uh, and just stewing over Adam Page. Yeah. And not or, really communicating with anybody. Yeah. Or he had it built up his mind. It was like, all right, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to. And then he shows up to work uh, Wednesday evening, you know, when everyone's gathering and they're planning out the evening. Yeah. And he goes to Hangman and he expects an apology and hangman blows them off. I mean, like that's something I could totally see saying of like, this is a big deal to punk hangman's probably completely over. It doesn't even know, you know, like whatever water under the bridge yeah. or, you know, not even think about it anymore. And punk takes some new slight in his, you know, I think I'm Michael Jordan way of yeah. like, I'm going to take everything personally. And he just decides that night, I'm just going to tip over the apple cart. Yeah. I the, think, yeah. One of the quotes I heard this week, I don't remember who said it, but uh, was that Punk thinks he's brain Bret Hart, but he's really Shawn Michaels. That's that's exactly right. Is I that, really he, like that. Yeah, I really like that I too. Really and like he's that. not. And he's not. And the thing about that is, for a while, we thought maybe he was the Shawn Michaels who came back in the two thousands, who was like right. grew, who grew up and now is like someone who's like, you know, pouring into the next generation. Mm-hmm. And no, he's not there quite yet. He may not be like ninety seven. Lost my smile, Punk, but. They're still, <laughs> you know, I've got, a, there's so many different ways I want to go, go with this. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm going to say real quick before I come back to that comparison mm. is I'm really curious where John Moxley falls on all this, like genuinely curious because, yeah. because if John Moxley is on the side of Adam page, Mm-hmm. And genuinely think CM Punk is an asshole, which there's mm-hmm. a, there's a strong possibility that's true. Mm-hmm. CM Punk could absolutely lose his smile in a match on Wednesday with that with uh, mm-hmm. with John Moxley, and I mean like lose literally every single tooth in his head. <laughs> and I'd just I'd grin. I would be grinning a hundred percent. Not that I want any harm yeah. to come to anybody other than CM Punk. Um, but yeah. And so I hate I hate to do the who would win in a shoot fight, but. You know, CM Punk's a train. He's a trained MMA fighter. He was never good. Let's, but he's he he's had quote training. Unquote, quote unquote, he has had training. Let me put it this Man way: he's probably training. had more intensive MMA training than John Moxley, who That's has true. kind of like sort of like gone and gotten lessons here and there. Yeah. Oh no, I think that's a hundred percent true. He's probably had way. I know he's had way more jujitsu lessons. Yeah. Um. I'm just saying in a match where John who, who wins might a lay shoot. a couple things in a little more stiff that he wouldn't see yeah. coming. But if it were to get totally out of hand, just hypothetically, if it were to get totally out of hand. Oh, my God. And someone had to control the other person. Don't make don't make me pick. Don't make me say this. Don't make me pick CM Punk <laughs> in anything. Don't make me do it now. OK, now I'm about to be petty. I'm about to be okay. petty and I'm right. admitting up front I'm being petty. Uh-huh. CM Punk. And this is not a fair comparison, and I'll be really clear about why it's not. Okay. CM Punk is a very good wrestler. Uh-huh. He's a very good wrestler. 
I'll be damned if I'm ever going to call him the best in the world because he's like 15th best in AEW. Yeah. But he's a very good wrestler. But CM Punk to me is a lot like an older Hogan, Randy Savage in the type guy in WCW where they are, you can't, you can't fire them. You can't get rid of them right. because they are superstars. And he is a superstar. He is a superstar. And he's arguably the biggest superstar in AEW and probably the biggest they will have for a very long time, mm-hmm. but he is far from the best wrestler in the world. He is his star status exists because of that pipe bomb speech and him leaving, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not because of what he does in the ring. And he's a good wrestler who wrestles very good ROH type style matches. Mm-hmm. He's no Kenny Omega. He's no, no. Brian Danielson. No, he's probably he's not no even Claudio. top twenty in the ring. No, he's not. I think John Silver's better but, than him in the ring. But, but he's, but he can't. is. He is He's a one star. of the best storytellers, though. He is a great storyteller. And that, and that was interesting how um, John Moxley approached it by talking about um, basically insinuating he was all promo. He was all yeah. mic work. Right. I was right. about to comment on your cat walking up behind you, and I was literally my dog walking up behind me <laughs> on our video here on the screen. I am clearly a genius. My yep. God. But. All that said, I don't want them to get rid of CM Punk. They need CM Punk. They, they have been having trouble, and they need CM Punk. They need this match against Moxley. There's now talk they could be building to either CM Punk Moxley 2 at, at, at All In or even CM Punk MJF, um, and they need those matches. They really need them, um, yeah. and, I, and I'm the mo- I am the reason I'm mad about this whole situation is AEW was so drama free for so long. Mm-hmm. And now that we're getting the drama, like, I don't like it. I really dislike it. I, don't I would need yeah. them to be a unit. And the thing is, WWE right now is hotter than they've been since AEW has existed. Yep. They're going to keep getting hotter because they've got new, fresh leadership. who are making good decisions. Right. And so AEW needs to be at their best just to mm-hmm. keep up, not to gain, mm-hmm. just to keep up. And they're not at their best. Yeah. You have this level of sniping and infighting going on right. amongst top stars. And that's what that's what Tony Khan has got to instill in everyone is that, yeah. hey, if you're not here to make this successful and and thereby be successful yourself. Yeah. Then, you know, we do need to you need to be prepared else. to yeah, sit at need, home. Right. You need to be prepared to sit at home and maybe not even get out of your contract. But yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, that, I wouldn't that, let CM Punk out of his contract. I would pay him to sit at home. Yeah. If if it came to that, put him on commentary. That's not the first place yeah. you need to go. Right. But if it came to that, yeah. that's where I'd go with that. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, maybe not go like, you know, nuclear right away or anything. Right. But what, what we've seen with Tony Khan, I was thinking about he's, he's kind of in a Michael Scott situation. Like Michael oh, Scott in the office, he wanted to be everybody's friend, right? And when you say like he, that was the whole character was he was a horrible boss because he couldn't stand anyone not liking him. Yeah. And therefore he'd put up with everybody and let all kinds of shenanigans get, you know, come out. And I think that's what Tony, uh, Tony's been doing is he, he, he just, he wants this to be a place that the wrestlers want to be and feel fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens when to be fulfilled, I've got to be over that guy or, 
you you know, you've got to fire that guy or whatever. And I'm not even saying that like punk asked for Colt Cabana to be fired. Yeah. But you know, he probably made it clear. He wasn't comfortable being in the locker. Probably, probably just made it clear. He wouldn't. Yeah. That he wouldn't comfortable being around him or even just had, there were times where it was just clear that it wasn't cool. Right. And he's got to learn how to be a boss, you know? Yeah. Y'all I'm, 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 I'm having trouble not laughing and I'm going to tell you why <laughs> I'm going to give you a dog story. Yeah. So my dog is one of the most spoiled dogs on earth. Yeah. And, um, she and her mom were, uh, for a while lived with my dad and there was always like dry food on, the, there's always dry food in a bowl for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whenever they would be eating on that dry food, my dad would talk to them like they're these pitiful creatures <laughs> and about how they've been relegated to eating a bowl of GD rocks. Yeah. Just haven't been forced to eat a bunch of old rocks. Uh-huh. And so now what puppet up does, uh-huh. she's doing it right now in the background here and Kevin's seeing it. Yeah. Is when she's hungry, she yeah. goes <laughs> puppet up. She's looking right at her the bowl of food. Uh-huh. She grabs a bite of her rocks mm-hmm. and stares me down <laughs> as she bites on them. Because what that means is then I will feel bad right. for her having right. to eat a bunch of rocks, which is yeah. dry, the most expensive dry food money can buy. Yeah. And I'll go to the, the go to the refrigerator and pull her out a rotisserie chicken <laughs> and hand feed her this rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And so in the background, she's grabbing her <laughs> mouth full of rocks and staring me down. She and she <laughs> looking right at me, looking right at me. So I know how okay. beautiful she is. Yeah. We're going to need to do a YouTube show for this. Yeah. Being forced to eat dog food. <sighs> oh my God. I feel bad for the listeners. They don't see it. Oh, I really wish y'all could see this. And I hope you can turn your, your, turn your speakers all the way up and hear her chomping on this food, which is literally, I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's like the best money can buy like the best. And no, to her, she's just, just an animal, just being treated like a, like a, the dirt on my shoe (laughs) and staring me down the whole time. Okay, sorry for that. Speaking of the best money can buy. Speaking of the best money can buy for only $5 a week. That is barely one serving of this dog food. Let me tell you, barely one serving is $5 a week. For $5 a month, you can subscribe to the the Patreon of Fight Game Media. Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media. It's Fight Game Media Plus. You get bonus episodes every month from me and Kevin Ely. Coming up very soon, we're going to be doing the AEW inaugural Hall of Fame episode uh, where we are going to be putting either two or three, we haven't decided on this yet, um, people into our inaugural The Boom AEW Hall of Fame. You're going to get extended versions, Brace for Impact, and a number of other shows. And of course, always check out fightgamemedia.com for all the best in, in uh, pro wrestling, boxing, and MMA. And this has been a great week for all three. We've had a great week for AEW. I don't know what WWE's up to. I know they brought back um, Hit Row. They're bringing back a lot of great people that they released that Tony Khan didn't pick up. We had Usyk Joshua rematch, which was a, an absolute banger on Saturday for the uh, Boxing Heavyweight Championship. And then last night on the UFC, we got Kamaru Usman losing his welterweight title, losing it to Leon Edwards, who has only fought like twice in four years because nobody wants to fight him outside of Nate Diaz, who's got some balls on him and actually fought and got demolished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is a week you definitely want to be checking out FightGameMedia.com, and you definitely want to be subscribed to the Patreon for just $5. Kevin, where were we before I started talking nonsense about dogs? 
Uh, where were we? We were still on CM Punk. We're we're, we're, we're talking about Tony be Khan being uh being a Michael Scott, being a Michael Scott, and he absolutely yeah. is, and we see that as he hugs people right. and gazes into their eyes lovingly during yes. press conferences. I think it's like he's a big kid. He's clearly a big kid, but you have to be a real boss, and sometimes to be a real boss, you got to piss some people off. And it's time he starts pissing some people off. And I don't know what I don't know what the Hollywood the varsity blondes did to him. <laughs> but uh clearly he got he he decided yeah. to be a real boss with them this week as they lost in like a second, maybe yeah. one second. I had a thought last week uh that that have been that's been bouncing around my head of so I you know, it's it's well known that Tony Khan is a classic message board wrestling fan, you know, from way back all the communities since the start of the internet and, uh, played a lot of the like wrestling simulator. I can't remember the names of them games. I hope he's played the one Oliver cop created. I think I bet he has. I don't know. So one of the questions I had to let us know, let let us us know. know in the DMS, if you know for a fact, if Tony Khan has or hasn't played your wrestling simulator, uh, so one of my questions was, I wonder if he still uses those simulators to book his television because like his, he has a plan, you know, yes. you can tell by the way, dark and elevation tapes, he, he knows what he's go. He knows where he's going at least a yeah. couple of weeks ahead. He, it is in know. his notebook. Right. And I it mean, is in his notebook. notebook and I'm sure he's a very intelligent guy and he's big in the numbers analytics and probably keep a lot of information in his head. But I always had to think of like, if there's like some simulator out there that is like where he's been, he's been actually using these simulators to book AEW in real life. And now is realizing what it's like to actually book where there are real people involved that, yeah. that aren't just digital characters that you tell yeah. what to do and they just do it. I believe we have all in some way had our own like digital leagues, even if it was on paper mm-hmm. with GI oh, yeah. Joe's like I did. Yeah. We've all, we've all booked. I used to, many yeah, years I, of I used to sit and book like 128 man tournaments with, you know, seat it with the pro wrestling illustrated and everything. Yeah. Let me tell Have I told you the story of me and my best friends, 512 man tournament. No. Okay. Who was so the we came who up, was the bottom seed of that tournament? Okay. In high school. So this is the deal. In high school, uh-huh. we decided we could we knew we could come up with 512 wrestlers. Uh-huh. And we didn't do this at the time because he didn't exist yet. But if we we would have had mankind in it, yeah. dude love in it. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. McFoley in it, and they would all be at their primes. So everyone right. in this wrestling, everyone in this tournament were at their primes. And we truly we what we did is we put all the names in basically a hat, but this went on for so long, they were in all different places. At one point, they were all in the pouch on the back seat of our quiz bowl coaches uh-huh. Jeep Wagoneer, and we were pulling out names on the road. To this day, she's still like finding little slips of paper that say like Abdul the Butcher. <laughs> and then we we would put them down, and then we did the whole tournament. Uh-huh. And um, and I really think. It would be a lot of fun to do a tournament like that again. Me and you, we do it on YouTube over many, many weeks. Okay. We do Twitter polls where people vote. Uh-huh. I think that would be a lot of fun to do. And we would probably get some, I don't know. If that would be a big commitment. It would It would be a big but commitment could, that I think I would probably give my entire heart and soul to. And that would. Yeah, yeah. me too. 
Absolutely. And the thing is, I like we would do the Twitter polls, but I guarantee you we would over override them on occasion. Yeah. For instance, my best friend was really, really into sweet Stan Lane. And Stan Lane made it many rounds in this tournament further than he had any right to. I think he made the final 64. He has educated feet. Yeah, no, that was the thing. That's what it all came down to. The man had educated feet, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember the final four were Dusty Rhodes, Vader. Okay. I was really upset that Hulk Hogan was in it, but he was Uh still in it. Okay. And I think Sting. And we tried to come down to the final winner. But like lightning hit my house and a ghost ran through the wall. So we decided we weren't supposed to know. Like humanity was never supposed to know. And so we ended it at the final four. Yeah. Wow. So who knows? Who knows if we could make it through? We might get more ghost appearances. God only knows now that I'm living out here in the desert. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's see. So we mentioned MJF. Yeah. We mentioned MJF. Um, Man, I really want this to happen now. We could. The thing is, we could double five twelve at this point. We could double you it totally. <laughs> we could have every iteration of Chris Jericho. Oh, um, gosh. But uh, so it's like all so, time. It's not just current. No, it's all time. Oh my! It's Lord. all time. I don't okay. think Dino Bravo quite made it. This is the third week in the row I've mentioned him. Going to yeah. see how many weeks I can keep it all going right. for no particular reason. But yeah, it's all time. Like we didn't. We we'd never seen much Bruiser Brody. I'd seen a couple matches, but he yeah. was in the tournament. And he did very well. Because we knew from Pro Wrestling Illustrated just how yeah. good he was. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I, it, it's a lot of fun. Because we would discuss, like, after the match, we would put down what the match length was mm-hmm. and who won and how. Who won, yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, hours going into it. But you could work it out in five minutes. Right, right. Something like that. Um, but it's looking like MJF may be coming back soon. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I don't know when. Because yeah. I, I still have no clue. Whether this was a work, a shoot, a work, shoot, a shot, work, I don't know. Right, right. But I'm excited to have him back, and I really hope they were working the boys, even though you probably should never work the boys. Yeah. Although, I I don't quite mean that, because I think AEW is very good at keeping things silent. At least they used to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it very well – like, everyone has – I think Dave was saying that no one is admitting they'd heard from MJF. Right. It doesn't mean they hadn't. They're just saying we haven't heard from him. Right, right. So it's not a like I don't think they're fully working everybody. It's like AEW's organization is working everybody else. Right, and some um, of it's just like it's HR stuff, and you don't need to know. Exactly, I don't need to know about HR stuff. Yeah, we need as little we need as, as little Christopher Daniels creeping everybody right. out as possible. <laughs> right. So I said I like earlier, there's assuming he's HR. Yeah, there's a couple. There were there's only a couple of things that seem like this crazy hot shotting of the world title match next week could oh, yeah could it can be, only lead right? so many places it can only lead so many places because it has to it has to level up right yeah like i don't think tony khan's the kind of person who would panic over wow uh dynamite is holding steady uh and you know if he had put it on rampage for instance I would have been like, wow, Tony Khan's panicking. Rampage is yeah. getting scary numbers. He's going to try to pop a rating with a huge world title match and give away the pay-per-view yeah. main event. And he doesn't really work that way. So it has to, he has to have an idea of what of, of this actually enhancing what All Out is, right? Right. And the only two things, the only, really the only one thing I can think of is if MJF's coming, because is that putting the world title match on television guarantees to have the most eyes on it 
mm-hmm. while that's happening for an MGF so return. that he can have an MGF return and right. then have some sort of explanation for MJF to get the shot at uh, a short notice. And people would criticize that's a 10 day build. But I think yep. MJF returning after the crazy departure that he had, yeah. his first match back and, and Punk's first match, well, second match back in Chicago, where MJF beat him before for the world title, is the only thing I can think of that would level up to that. Yeah. I don't think they're doing that. Dave, everything I've read, Dave Meltzer and Sean Rossap and all them saying that, like, all anyone knows is that the plan Mox is Punk. still to do Moxley Punk. Right. At the at all out, I have no idea how you're going to do it on Wednesday and have the the all out feel as special. You know, I think it reminds me of when I used to work in politics years ago, and that like people would try and put out political campaign signs months and like a month, two months in advance, right. even for like local elections. And I was saying that if you do that, you need to have a second round of signs that look different. Yes, because after so long, they're just part of the they're part of the, the scenery. Right, they're right. part of the background. Nobody notices them. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would suggest that people would change out to a different design, like a week before the election, something like that, or hold off and put them out later. Right. Like this could actually work, I think, in their favor, in that instead of muddling around with things for months with MJF mm-hmm. and for months with with Punk, mm-hmm. this could work in that having Punk come back fresh. Mm-hmm. Right into a big match at All Out, have MJF come back fresh. Right into a big match at All Out, I think that could that could end up landing hotter than if they had been mm-hmm. here the whole time. Right, and inevitably, inevitably, there would have been many weeks when they weren't on TV, many weeks in which there was their booking was a little bit trash. Right, because that seems to be a recurring theme in AEW is they'll have like a month here and there mm-hmm. where it, we were we were watching garbage. Right. I right. hate to say that, but it's kind of true. Mm-hmm. Like a, maybe two months out of the year, they'll just they'll go through a really down phase. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think it could. Like, it's doable to make this maybe one of the biggest pay per views they've ever had. It is, but still, I don't, I don't know. The cow. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how. Uh, I, I mean it. It see it does seem like overthinking to think that you could do anything but unifying the interim title and the world title with punk and Mox, yeah. who have never wrestled in AEW, and Mox is really a different guy. I mean, a different wrestler yeah. performer than he was when it was punk and Dean Ambrose. Yeah. So it's, it's a fresh match. It's big time. It's two of the biggest stars in the business. And the way, punk. yeah. And, and if, and if, if you know last year at all out was the debut of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, you you could debut MJF at All Out to build to Shea Stadium. I mean, not Shea. I said Shea Stadium. Uh, Arthur Ashe. Let's build the Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium. My God, that actually would be pretty incredible. Oh my but, God. But uh, no, Arthur Ashe the next yeah. month in in New York. And yeah. so if you were to say, so let's just say Punk wins at All Out. And then defends against MJF in New York. That would be pretty cool. That would be a phenomenal. On TV. Okay, if you so. Want, if you want to pop a rating. What are you thinking right now? How? Do, okay, if it is Punk Mox on Wednesday, which it is, and then mm-hmm. Punk Mox it all out. Yeah. Is it interference? Is it a time limit draw? Is there a clear win that needs to be rectified in some way? Does MJF pop up in, 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 in this storyline? 
demanding a, a title shot, what do you do to lead to that all-out match and make it a bigger deal than it is right now? I also, don't, even, really, I don't know how really to make cold. it a bigger deal. I don't know. It was really cold for CM Punk to say that his recurring theme in Moxley's career yes, that he's, he's the third best guy in a faction. Yeah, that was that was pretty cold. Reasonable Damn. people can disagree about that. Yes. Also, he had that great line, you can be the heart and soul, I'll be the dollars and cents. That was a really good line. That was a really That was good a line. great line. And it's and that felt like a heel line and so much yeah. of that felt like a heel promo. Yeah. But nobody reacted. But then the re- but promo. then the rest of the heel but then the, but then he's also saying I miss you guys. You made me smile. I want to perform in front of you. Yeah. You know, so who it knows? also made me wonder being that I already don't have the best feelings towards punk. Yeah. It made me feel like, I don't know why he's straight edge or if he's always been straight edge or if it was a response to any issues. I don't know. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, he's always been straight edge, but it felt like that the crowd is his drug. Yeah. The crowd is the drug he's using yeah. And part of his burial was to get even more of a rise out of the crowd yeah. to feed that addiction. There was a moment where he, the second time when he, uh, when he was doing the, you're the third best to the, you know, the second best Kingston and yeah. all that, uh, that he said, you know, tell me when I start lying again, he said at the second time mm-hmm. and the crowd started chanting his name and you just saw this visceral. Yes. That's exactly response. what I had he that He kind of pumped his fists like, like, oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. That's when I was like, he's not trying to heal. He's trying to get the response. And I'm not necessarily saying that he's trying to be the hero in the story. He's right. trying to get the the rush. Get that feedback that gives yeah. him that rush, that, that right. that's his drug. You know, right. I don't know. I don't know how I'd end that match on. I really don't. I, if he's got an idea that does it, hats off to him, man. I, yeah. I don't know how to make I don't know how to end that that makes all the second match in two weeks feel more special. I'll say this, even right now with WWE being probably the best it's been in years. Yeah. Tony Khan is more likely to come up with a scenario we haven't thought of. Yeah. And Triple H is because yeah. I fully believe Tony Khan really is taking ideas from everyone in that locker room. Yeah. Whereas WWE is probably, they're probably taking more ideas, but I doubt they're taking everyone seriously. And like, you don't have it. I don't have it. Right. Tony Khan probably has it. He probably has a way to do it. I mean, I trust him so to do many it. More people to give ideas. Yeah. A much bigger I'm, think tank, if you will. It just seems out of character for him to hotshot it without a good plan. And yeah. And, and it's hard for me to get out of like how we've been conditioned over the years. Well, if like this was a WWE, they would just have a match and some screw job thing would happen within five minutes and you'd feel ripped yeah. off. He didn't get the match and now you have to pay for it to get it. I don't think yeah. they're going to do that. I think you're going to have a real match. Before this show. Yeah. We were wondering, okay, are we going to give 15 minutes to this punk thing? <laughs> I, and I jokingly said more like 25 or 30. Like we have discussed MJF yeah. as well for literally one minute. We are 43 I'm, minutes I'm, in. I'm literally going to have to change my heat index <laughs> because no, I'm no, realizing no, no, I realize I have can't. it out of order. You can't. It's too late. It's locked okay. in. Besides, right. we haven't even talked about Matt Menard yet. Oh, my God. And yeah, let's Angelo talk about Parker. Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Getting paid. Me personally, I want a taste. Yeah. I want a taste, and we're going to get more of a taste. They have signed a contract extension while Triple H has been breathing down these two boys' necks, I'm assuming. Probably not. 
probably, probably, probably not. not. That's okay. Yeah. I've got a I've got a new favorite hobby while watching um is that I saw on Twitter someone posted a uh Jericho Appreciation Society promos where all yeah. they did was zoom in on Matt Menard's face. So you're hearing everyone like Jericho and everyone talk, but you yeah. only watch Matt Menard and that's that's what I started doing now is just watching stops. him. It, it never stops. stops. And usually he's just repeating whatever the last the other guy's saying and he's just yeah. saying it like with his teeth clenched. But sometimes he's making he's he is ostensibly forming words that yes. may or not may or may not be words. Right. That you don't even know what they are. Yeah. But it's 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 the, captivating. The story that was being told with his face as Jericho was chastising Daniel Garcia for daring to stand up to him, the disappointment in his son, the threatening look of like you better get it straight, the fear of what of if he's in trouble, like there was an entire epic being told just in the crazed eyes of Matt Menard. Look, you could do anything with Matt Menard, and I'd be into it. If you want to, if you want to recast the Sopranos and make him Tony's nephew, who sat on that poodle and killed yeah. him that time, can't remember. <laughs> the, like I'm all in. Yeah, like have him out in the Pine Barrens with Polly Walnuts, all in. He doesn't ever have to say a word. No, just do the faces. Yeah, do the eyes. Wear the leather. You know what? Just you want to taste. That's all he needs to say the entire series. I'm all in, man. Have you watched him do uh, the commentary yet on uh, Elevation? I bit. jumped through elevation okay. to see if there was anything I wanted to see. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing I wanted to see and I never heard his voice. Yeah. If I'd heard it, I would have stuck around. He does a fun not. he does a fun thing where he's like trying to get um uh the other commentators to uh to take bets on like DraftKings bets of like how oh, many that's great. How many that's two brilliant. counts? How many arm drags are you gonna see this match? Over under. And that then like X will brilliant. be like uh six and a half and he'll be like, Ah, I'll take the over. Is literally supporting one of their biggest sponsors. That's brilliant. I love that. By the way, this isn't in our notes, but kudos to AEW for going above and beyond to play into the House of the Dragon kind of. Uh, yeah, that was actually a really cool endorsement this week. They got they brought in Dragon Lee yeah. for the first time. Way better than Ricky the Shark the Dragon Week. Steamboat. Yeah, they did this way better than Shark Week. I really liked this. Yeah, I don't know who they could have brought in for Shark Week though. Shark the board. muscle shark, Sean Shark. I don't know. Right. That would have been this great. Is, this, is, yeah, this is as close as I could come. I don't think there were, like, have there been, shark I know boy. there have been the sharks. Shark boy. Shark boy. Oh, that's a real shame. That's a real shame they didn't do Shark Boy. Um, okay. Let's see. Before we get into the heat index, mm-hmm. let's talk about the trios tournament so far. Mm-hmm. We have, you know what? How about we just work this into the heat okay. index? Yeah, because it's clear one of these matches is going to come up right majorly in the heat index. All right, okay. let's start with your honorable mention this week. I have Ricky Steamboat. My Ricky That's Steamboat great. and Brian Danielson are my two two of my three favorite wrestlers of all time. And to That's see solid, Ricky Steamboat man. get to come out and take his flowers. And then Brian Danielson comes down and shakes his hand on my television. Just yes. gave me all the warm fuzzies. And then we we got to see him do an incredibly fast chop. Yes, to Angelo Parker. Which yeah, looked great. Yeah, he um, yeah. he got to be so, you know the Goody Two Shoes promo, like everything you yeah. wanted to see. And it was at, it was perfect because it's like guest timekeeper. At first, I was like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, that's perfect because he doesn't have to like be in the ring for 30 minutes right. as a guest referee or anything like that. It's all about getting his flowers. It's all about being mm-hmm. there, 
the people being the dragon. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Just being the dragon. And again, when he came back in WWE briefly in 2009, he looked like oh. the best worker in the house. Yes. He would absolutely, I guarantee it today, he would still be better than the number of people on the roster. I love that um, they referenced uh, Jericho, kind of referenced it a little bit that they had yeah. a feud, you know, because Jericho was his feud then. He could, you know, yeah. he could have claimed to retire him. Cause he could have, and I'm glad I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Um, okay, so I I made my heat index before looking at yours, mm-hmm. and I was not gonna and I was so jealous of Ricky Steamboat. It's perfect. Um, but instead I went with I went with a match that we haven't had yet. Mm-hmm. The idea of Claudio Castagnoli versus Dustin Rhodes has me mm-hmm. so excited. That that's yeah. my honorable mention. Just the fact we got it, we got the gentleman's agreement, we got yep. the story about how neither of them had had titles until recently, yeah. world titles. They told that great that. story in a way that made you draw connections between these two guys. He never would have occurred to me. Never, never. Yeah. And the fact that standing next to each other, they're like the exact same height. Yeah. Um. And like Claudio talked about how he understood why Dustin's hung around so long mm-hmm. and has had the best run of his career right here in AEW. Yeah. Um, it was just so well told that I'm excited yeah. for this match. And I it really was. hope it lives up to expectations. It's, I, I bet I it's going to be it really good. It's going to be really good. Yeah. And Steamboat was part of that, too. Like the Claudio shouted out that Steamboat helped train him a little. Yeah. Um, I was Which a little. Which explains a lot. Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised that when Dustin came out, he didn't go over and like shake Ricky's hand in front of everybody because they were World Tag Team Champions together. Yeah, they were. And they didn't That's even exactly they right. didn't even mention it. But you know, I bet neither of them really wants to remember that period in WCW history. <sighs> That's true. That was one of my favorite moments, though. That Clash of Champions when the it was phenomenal against uh, the Cruncher Larry Zabisco. Oh God. That's right. Who should be the mascot of this program? Yeah. Um. Okay, give me your number. Give me your number four. No, your number, number five. five. Give me your number five. I have Miro, who's finally shown up on TV in front of people. And he showed up in a big way. And he did. By the yeah. way, yeah, you don't get that amazing Miro segment without the phenomenal Buddy Matthews squash match. That's true. Buddy looked like a monster in that. Squash yeah, he match. did. Yeah, he did. It, it is my number four. It is currently number four on my heat index. Yeah, I loved it because we got. We got a monster, and then we got a bigger monster come yeah. in and beat up that monster. Right. And it was it was right. so well done. The and music. it all happened in like three minutes. Right. It happened super fast. It was a filler because yeah. because Hook because Hook was so fast. Yeah, they, because Hook finished his match so fast. Yeah. Buddy Matthews was the stand-in match. Right. And it was Buddy Matthews versus Serpentico. Yeah. It lasted about as long as you would think that would last, except if Buddy Matthews was Big Van Vader. Right. And it was a work. Of, it was a work right. of art. And then for Miro to come in and kick the living crap out of him, it right. was beautiful. And they kept playing up Julia, like being part Lana of. Lana has to be coming. I, you were at, you were about to ask the question. She yeah, has to be. Coming. She has to be because she dared. What, she what dared. She thing? dared touch him. Yeah. And only one woman touches the redeemer. I hope this entire nine months, nine month turn of Julia Hart is just so she can get. The living shit kicked out of her by Lana, <laughs> by Lana in a week or so, and then just she yeah. disappears for like nine months. Yeah, she does well though in that she's she's a lot better. I mean, she's doing she very talk, good, in but her position. persona, yeah, uh, she well, carries herself. Well. I think Julia Hart was good 
as the cheerleader before she got sprayed. It was just that, that time in between period, time. Yeah. The in between time, which lasted, I think, most of my 30s. I think so. Was was suboptimal, man. It was yeah. not good. But you give her a role. She plays the role. You give her an in between role. She's not quite that level yet. Right, right. Okay, number four. Number four, I have John Moxley, and it feels weird to have him that low, but when I look at three, two, one, how I have. See, uh, I'm. Yeah. I think we look at the heat index a little differently. I don't know, or it might just I be look this at week's it, I, Yeah, it's just whatever. I look at it as the angle, like the CM Punk. Yeah, like the program. Moxley, yeah. Hangman. I thought about doing that. Right. I thought I thought about doing that. You're trying to be I, more and honest. I did, and I did, uh, I did coming up, but. Yeah. To me, Moxley did feel a step lower than Punk because, like, we literally spent yeah. 45 minutes talking about Punk. And, yeah. like, the universe of AEW was revolving around him except for one part. And yeah. and Moxley felt like, you know, like you say, the B-side a little bit. Yeah. You know? Now, it did yeah. make me feel like, wow, I really want to see them fight. Um, I thought both brawls were good. I loved how he came back almost immediately. Like... Like he went, like, back, like he went backstage, and during the Danielson match, everyone's like, "This is an amazing match," and Moxie's just yeah. sitting there fuming. Yeah, and then Tony Nese walks out and immediately right. gets annihilated by Moxley. Yeah, then he like flies as Smart Mark Sterling and right. almost misses him. Well, he kind of did because he out. was on the ramp and he actually fell yes. backwards and just sort yes. of pulled Sterling down, and, and then he got up and just sort of down stumbled down. Yeah, yeah, it was great, and I love the like. Even during his face-off with CM Punk, he was he, like his herky-jerky like motions. Right, I really like, and yeah. I like the the wild stumbling Moxley. Right, because that's like he's in berserker mode. He's like Wolverine right. after he's lost his mind. Yeah, he doesn't even know what he's doing. All he knows <laughs> yes. is he's going to murder you. Right, right. Okay, let's see. Um, yes, Claudio Castagnoli picking him up to hold him back. Yes. And uh-huh. they oh, yet again acknowledged he's one of the strongest men anybody in pro wrestling's ever met. Right. And I, I, and I, I don't know. I, I did like I am, that a lot. I am so into Claudio right now. Everything yeah. he does, even just picking up Moxley. I am it was too. a work of art. I got to say, as skeptical as I was when he first came back, I wasn't interested. And I, he's, I'm really he's, glad he's you're great. all in now. He's great. Yeah. He's great. And um, he's and he's upped the uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, fashion game quite a bit. He really has. They got their, um, their gear to level up. With Brian Danielson just in sweats all the time. Right. <laughs> um, which I hear that I've never seen a man more fully committed. Yeah. Never to not selling T-shirts. Right. Than Brian Danielson. Right. Um, now, there's something you've got in your notes here that I don't remember. And mm. I may have missed it because I miss a lot of things. Um, John Moxley started the fight with a kiss. Yes. Him and Punk. And they were in the first face off. Uh-huh. When they were, and he's like, "But if I touch you, you'll just bleed on me." And then they start, pu- and then they start pushing each other. Uh-huh. And Mox leans in and just kisses Punk on the lips. I swear I didn't look away, but I missed that. He, and now he would have thought it was a headbutt if you weren't time. careful. It was so fast. That he might just, have been what I thought it was. He just gave him like a kiss, and that's when Punk went off, and they started hitting each other. Have you ever seen the greatest kiss in mixed martial arts history between? Um, yes, I have. Keith Haring? Yes. Okay. He, I can't remember the name of the guy that kissed him. Yeah, I don't lips, remember. They're, they're, in, they're, they're facing off at like weigh-ins, and the guy leans forward yes. and kisses Heath Haring. Yeah. And Heath Haring knocks that man out cold. <laughs> and it was just, it was so great. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. My number four. Oh, I've already told you my number four. So I'll tell you yeah. my number five. Okay. My number five is the acclaimed daddy ass. Reunited. I know they're not going to be on everybody's list. I was yeah. so excited. Yeah. I was so excited when the ass I was writing around on him. Yeah. Yes. And then the acclaims music. And it's maybe the first time I've seen the acclaims music hit when they're just rushing to the ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, I was so energized. It was so great. They they came in to protect Daddy Ass. Mm-hmm. He uh, the the Ass Boys fl- like fled from the ring, and then Billy Gunn seemed to be thinking they're going to beat him up for turning right. on them last week. Right, and in As the they end, should. they just yes, and in the end, they just extended the the, yes. the, the scissors. Love when he scissored both the men, and it was it was it was beautiful. It was emotional. It was yes, may have shed a tear. Yeah. Either way, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I couldn't keep it out of my top five. It kind of makes zero sense, but I don't care. Yeah, no it. sense. It's just forms No hard. sense. Yeah. I love the... And the thing is, I think... Everybody loves the some, acclaimed. You had to do some crazy shit to get Billy Gunn separated from his, his children, his flesh right. and blood. Right. But Billy Gunn with the acclaimed is only going to raise the acclaimed... Is only going to raise the acclaimed up. And uh-huh. now... I'm more excited for the acclaimed with Billy Gunn in trios matches than I would have been for oh, yeah. uh-huh. Gun Club trio right. in these trios matches. Yeah. And um, I think we're about to hit, launch into the trios talk very, very soon. Yep. So let's see. We've talked about your number five, your number four. Let's go to your number three. My number three. I did combine some things when you talk okay. about the angle or the, or love- the program. I love yeah. this combination. Yes. I love my, this combination. My number three is Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and professional and wrestling. Pro wrestling. Yes. That's right. That this was, was a great, great angle. Yeah. It was a great match. Great angle. Yeah. Um, was it Jeff Hawkins who did not like the second second fall? I didn't or, like no, the was second it you? fall. And we were both deeply offended by what they did during commercial. Oh, my which, God. I've only, yeah. I only heard about that today. Yeah, that we so, got a D. It was yeah. a, was it a pile driver or a DDT? It was a DDT on the concrete, and no in front of Ricky Steamboat, who's one of oh his most famous angles, yes. was when he got DDT'd, shoot DDT'd on the concrete floor. It was out three months with a and and they did it in commercial, not even in picture in picture, and then just came back and had a quick. Uh, quick! Oh, this happened during commercial, and then Brian starts fighting back. I had no clue this happened. I yeah. had zero clue this happened. That's yeah. ridiculous. That is so stupid. Yeah, it was really like, dumb. for such a meaningful thing to happen off camera right. when ninety-five percent of that match, match. Yeah, yeah, ninety-five percent of the match was on camera. Right. Oh, it it it. It gave them a reason for Brian to bleed, but they that could have been anything. You could have done that with right. anything. And by the way, yeah, this so was, that yeah. This was also my number three. Okay. But I had J A S Garcia B C C just the whole story of professional of it, yeah. wrestling. Yeah. But I did love I love the the professional wrestling champ. Yes, you're a wrestler. After the match. Yeah. Yes, you're a that wrestler. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah, because it was like that's story. That's a story, you know. That's that's the crowd recognizing the story, yeah. and becoming like that's not prompted. Like some fan just started chanting that. You was know, was Paul Fontaine in the building? 
Paul he Fontaine might, in West He might have been, because he was the guy who got the tag team wrestling chant started. Yeah, this feels uh, like a Paul move. That was, he um, did say it was his favorite match of the year, but he also missed the DDT spot. I thought it was so meaningful. I don't know if meaningful is the right word. Yeah. But Daniel Garcia got the first pin in this match. Yeah. Which, if it, it was, was just great. a one-on-one, one-fall match, right. that was the scariest power I've ever seen. Match. Yes, it was. But he did it. He did it really well. Yeah. But and, like uh, Brian Danielson, he had his head like tilted back. Yes. Like backwards as if he was expecting it to be a styles clash or something. And I thought yeah. if he doesn't realize that his head is down there and he drops him. Brian Danielson's dead, like literally dead. Yeah. And that's and one of the. Bared, yeah. It was scary. Yeah. These are two great wrestlers. Yeah. And even with two of the best wrestlers in the business right now. And I feel I can kind of say that. Mm hmm. You can still end up you can like a simple yeah. brain yeah. fart can right. like ruin a can destroy a career. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but, I mean, you know, Garcia yeah, he was every bit as good as Brian. This was a match. really good match. He was amazing. This was His a, facials, the way he told the story, yeah. the way he sold it afterwards. Yeah, um, because we learned Brian Danielson was like his favorite wrestler who he looks up to. Yeah. And yeah. Chris Jericho came out after and started attacking Brian Danielson. Yeah. As I think they were about to shake hands or Daniel yep. Garcia was as, about as to as help about shake him his up. hands. Yeah. Yeah. And and Daniel Garcia protected Brian Danielson from his boss, from his right. quote unquote mentor. Yep. He, there were little things like he was wearing his tights uh, had a, had red and blue on the side and there were scales yeah. on them that looked just like Ricky Steamboat's Ricky tights. Steamboat's. Uh, you know, they did the dragon sleeper over and over, like really cool little dragon spots. And his dragon sleepers were crazy because he'd like twist the arm around underneath. And yeah, you know, it was it's just kind great. of a return to the Dan- to the Daniel Garcia that we fell in love with yeah. early on right. his run in AEW. Yeah, and we were just like, where did where the hell did this guy come from? So my question is, next Wednesday is the showdown or the face off yeah. between him and Jericho, and I'm wondering, I'm guessing that Garcia's this is all set up. That's the thing is it with AEW. I think it's just as likely to be a setup yeah. as it is for him to leave. But the thing is, I don't see him leaving. And then like the JAS can, you can lose a member They would, they would leave him with four, which to me is the ideal number of guys mm-hmm. in a wrestling faction. But then that would balloon Blackpool up to five, which seems a little large. Right. But then if he leaves, I wonder if that could lead to some heat between him mm-hmm. and uh, Wheeler Yuta, who he's wrestled the yeah. Wheeler's title before. That could and be could fun. maybe end up with Wheeler leaving the faction now that he's oh. kind of like mm-hmm. Wheeler's doing pretty solid right now. He could yeah. he could leave the faction and still be way stronger than when he came in. Just going to be really interesting to see what happens here. I don't have a clue. Like to me, it's 50 50. Yeah, that's fun. Okay. Your number, let's see, that was my number three as well. So give me your number two. My number two, I realized that probably, I, I actually literally copied and pasted, swapped these like three times today. But as of right now, as of airtime, I have CM Punk number two. Okay. For for all the reasons we've already talked about. He's right. He's, he's the, he's the center of gravity right now. My one and two are the exact, or your one and two, but they're just flipped. Yeah. They're just flipped. I have CM Punk as my number one. And really simply because initially the guy that's number one, you can all, my number one, you can all guess yeah. who it is. Right. Um, or no, the guy who's your number one. Yeah. He was going to be my number one, but the simple fact is that it was big, the bigger thing on the show 
mm-hmm. but this entire week, no one's talking right. about it. Not exactly. Really. Everyone's talking about yeah. CM Punk. Right. Yeah. And I th- that's true. See, I think we've we've kind of talked that one to death. Anything yeah. else you want to add? I can't there? think of anything to add about Punk. Okay, your number two, my number one, the return of the cleaner, Kenny Omega, in his tree in the trios tag team match with the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you've got in your notes is, would you have, would you have done it? What should they have done it differently? Should they have announced it ahead of time? Yeah. And the thing is. As much as I liked the way they did it, it's still like you had you had Brandon, mm-hmm. Brandon, yeah, Brandon yep, Cutler. Mm-hmm. You, you had Brandon Cutler come out. He like unzips his hoodie, right? And you think he's getting ready for the match, but instead he, he pulls out a piece of paper, yeah, the hand to the announcer yeah. and to Justin Roberts, and who played um, it perfectly? Who played it absolutely perfectly? Like he takes the piece of paper, he looks at it, he reads it, read it down. Yes, reads it thoroughly and then looks up and his yeah. eyes are big. Yes. He launches into it. And as soon as you're like a holder of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, more titles than you can count, mm-hmm. you immediately know it's Kenny Omega. And the further yeah. they went into it, you knew it was Kenny Omega. Yeah. And then they did the North Carolina. Right. And, and the you, Charleston Chew. <laughs> the Charleston Chew is his favorite candy. And it was like a, like you had – the, the crowd was going wild for like minutes. Yeah. And it built then the and music it built. hit and then the yeah. crowd went bigger, went bigger. Yeah. And then there's no Kenny Omega. And even right. Jim Ross is like, where's Kenny? Yeah. Then Kenny comes out and he comes out, I believe, the face entrance. Yep. He, and does. he is flanked by Michael Nakazawa. Yes. And I, and Don and, I, I, I com- and I completely forgot I was going to play like Don Callis was my number one. Oh. The greatest heel in pro wrestling history, Don Callis. And then Don Callis sat down on commentary, and Jr. went for him hard. Yeah, it seemed like forty-five minutes. Yes. Um, but then Kenny, of course, he is wearing a compression shirt. He's wearing an elbow, a, a like shoulder, brace, shoulder brace. Yeah, and he's playing it in just like Brian Danielson was playing his head injury in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's partially real and partially a work. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I loved it too. I think I I I did love. That entrance. Uh, I did not love that Callis and Nakazawa uh, came out with him. Because this is kind of a, like, the Young Bucks have been turning a little bit face. Right. Everybody wanted them to get a good partner. I think a lot of people wanted them to have Adam Page. Right. And they come out the face entrance. Yeah. But not Michael Nakazawa. I think it's fine that Callis is still with him as an act. And I don't even mind Callis coming out and doing commentary. It's yeah. just that when you had that first visual of Kenny Omega on the stage, it should have been turning. Just him. Should they should have just come him. out after. They could have come out I after, agree. like Reba does. You know, like yeah, like let him come out and then have them come out, like um, Reba does. You know, Rebel. Re- oh, okay, she yeah, comes like, out oh, like you're saying Rebel hangs back. I was like, yeah, you know, like Reba McIntyre by herself. She, she, she makes the fans wait. That's right. That's right. No. She makes everybody wait. Like, no, I was uh, picturing like Rebel is like the main entrant when clearly you meant she hangs back, and I was yeah. so confused. For no, no, no. She's always she always waits for them to like the fireworks go re- off. She goes on. She yeah. comes out after the pyro. They do it really well. Like yeah. she knows her. She knows her. Hey, role. Rebel's very good at her job. Rebel's very good at her job. Very good um, on Instagram as well. Yes, she is. Uh, so yeah, and Nakazawa just needs. To, he, I don't even know why he's out there. But anyway, I think if a, they had. 
you know, one of the things of the ratings patterns was that this didn't do as well as other segments. Like it was like the and third, I think fourth it was best. The end. I think it was because of the end. Mm-hmm. But it it does make me wonder if it would have been any better if number one if they had announced it beforehand, right? But if they didn't want to do that, I think they still could have in that first hour where they knew they were going to get the most you, attention, right? With the you top, know what they like, could have done, they could have had like a limo pull, a limo arrive, yeah, yeah, and have Something them come like out, that. maybe even just a glimpse of them, have you know. Brandon Cutler running out. Right. And you're not quite sure who it is, but you know it's a big deal. That's enough right. for people. Yeah, you've got a camera running around. They're yeah. trying to hide him, but they catch a glimpse of him. And then the rest of the time, yeah. you're talking about, can he make us here? Is he going to be the tag team partner or not? Yeah. Uh, I think that would have been cool. Um, the match you know was fun. what my fun. favorite part of that match was? What? I'm sorry to interrupt. No, um, you're fine. My favorite part was the faces of the people in the crowd. Yes. When they realized Kenny's here. Yeah. Like the people were in awe. Yeah. There were some people almost in tears. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome to see how over Kenny Omega is with your average fan. And by average fan, I mean, look, average as always, there were a number of people in this crowd that looked astonishingly like me. (laughs) There were some 300 plus individuals with big red beards, Uh big red hair and glasses this wasn't them. This was the women that looked like they could have been. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. The regular looking human women right. were like in <laughs> awe that Kenny Omega was here. Right. And to me, that's your like your yes. more mainstream fan. Yes. The ones that don't look just like me. And <laughs> regular. Human they were women. also excited. They yeah. were also excited. But it was just your regular people. Yeah. You're right. That were just yeah. so hyped. Yeah. They realized how lucky they were. Yes. And I love to see that. Yeah, I love I to see too. that. Just like you were incredibly lucky to be there for that 30-minute match. Right. Or was it the hour-long Six, The 60, yeah. The 60-minute match. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Broadway. Right. Um, or the kid, like last week, it. last week we talked about the little yeah. kid with the CM Punk shirt yeah. who didn't know Punk would be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was such a similar thing from so many different faces. I love that. This was a great match, though. Yeah, it was. And I loved Brand. I loved, I loved Dragon Lee. Not Dragon Lee. Dragon. Dragon Lee was freaking awesome. I mean, he carried. He he didn't carry yeah. the whole match, but he carried his team for sure because Rush and Andrade were phoning it in. I'm going to give you an idea that's not going to happen. Okay. What if Kenny Omega were to find out in the second round, or maybe uh-huh. before the second round, he came back too soon, mm-hmm. his shoulders not ready, and the Young Bucks are left for a second time without a partner. Yeah. And Dragon Lee comes out because they came to his defense at the end. Yeah. When his mask not only got ripped off, they got ripped in half, yeah. which was impressive that they right. were able to rip it in half. Right. And got beaten down. And, and it sucks they had to cut away. Yes. Because the show was ending like 30 seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds before the Young Bucks got in the ring. Right. And you only saw online that they came to the, his defense physically. Yeah. On TV, you just saw them run. One, you saw them you saw the one yep. buck run towards the ring. Right. You saw Kenny and the other buck turn around. Yeah. I like that story. And if they did that, I I would I would probably point to this and say they planned it all along because they yeah. they did a good job of like Dragon Lee came out, he shook hands. Matt yeah. Jackson didn't want to shake hands with him, but Nick and Kenny that was did. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rush and you they didn't really show it on camera too much, but like Rush was like yelling at him for for shaking hands. Yeah. So they were yeah. setting so it up right at the beginning of the number. match. Yeah. And I'm wondering, 
See what I'm what I hope it's not is I hope that wasn't the setup for him to be here for one episode because it's dragons right. and then gone. Right. Like he was so good in this match. Yeah. I hope they keep him around. Like it's a bloated roster already, but he was great. And frankly, I think he and the Young Bucks would be an awesome team together. They'd be a phenomenal six man. And it would be an even cool, even just a one week team, even if they let's say they um let's say they wrote him in to where Dragon Lee team with the Bucks for round two and they win. And then uh Rush and Andrade are so mad about it that they take Dragon Lee out and now they're left without a partner again right. for the finals. Yeah. And then you oh, that would be really interesting. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. Okay, so I was looking at the um I was looking at the brackets again. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine that it will co- it should come down to looking at the brackets as they stand. If everybody's healthy, there's no interference. This should all come down to Young Bucks and Kenny. Mm-hmm. Versus House of Black, you would but think. I cannot yeah. imagine that it would come down to that. Me either. Because you've got you've got Miro feuding with the House of Black, right? And then you have like it would be three on three, right? And I think you can't have that. You can't have teams of that level come head to head in a championship match without it being a feud, without more coming out of it, right? So Especially when they're think, building feuds with other people, yeah. So I have to think either Young Bucks aren't going to make it or House right. of Black's not going to make it. Right. And there's a quick way for House of Black to not make it, and that is that is the Redeemer Miro. Yeah, yep. Um, who, by the way, my favorite part, as he is beating the pulp out of Buddy Matthews, was yelling, where are the pagans? Yes, where are the pagans? Where, this where is what are the I pagans? love. That, there, that That is a war between paganism and monotheism. That's exactly right. This, to settle. Once and for all. That'll, that old feud, back, but back yet again. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Miro so much. I love that man. And I can't yeah. wait for Lana to join him. Um, so, okay. So, if you were a betting man, mm-hmm. would you place the bet with DraftKings? Right. Would you place the bet that the Young Bucks don't make it or that House of Black doesn't make it? I would place the bet that House of Black doesn't make it. That's where I'm sitting. Because on this I think as well. they're going to do something. I think they're going to have Sting and uh, Sting, That's right, Miro Sting, and, Sting, Darby, and Miro. Sting, Darby, and Miro. Yeah. I think, which is weird to have another trios match on that show. They're not me. in here. Yeah, and also we've now got the trios team of Wardlow and FTR. Right, calling themselves the Pinnacle. Yes, and and we've got no, and they're not in this tournament either. Right, right. We've Whatever. got they're loading oh, up the division, I guess. I don't know. Trio's division is going to be freaking. But hey, awesome, the Trustbusters era has ended, apparently. Yes, it has. I really, I did enjoy their match. Um, it was a fun not match. necessarily. It was a fun match. Um, it was a great match, but it was a fun match. It was a good match, not great. It was a good match. Um, best friends, I think, carried it. Arthur mm-hmm. Boudreaux looked like a monster. Yep. Slim J looked like when he like wasn't falling out of Chet. the ring. Yeah. When he was, that's true. <laughs> by the way, he really did save that by landing on his. Feet. He did. He did. He like. There was yeah. a guy back in the day on Survivor named Bobby John, uh-huh. and Bobby John was an awesome, quote unquote, an awesome competitor. Like nobody wanted it more, uh-huh. but there would be challenges where like you have to like jump from the shore out onto like a raft, uh-huh. and then like 
paddle your way out to a thing. And Bobby John, every freaking episode, he would jump so hard to hit that raft, he would land four feet on the other side of it. <laughs> and that's kind of where Parker, Parker Boudreaux was. He was yeah. so excited yeah. for this match. He like launched himself, I think, to hit Chuck Taylor, yeah. who was standing on the other side of the ropes. Right. And just went completely over. Just went just completely, went completely over. over. And managed Landed to land on his on feet, his feet yeah. which speaks a lot for his And give a mean face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I still think Slim J could have been replaced by Chet Hanks and we would have not, no one would have noticed. <laughs> um, and Ari Davari, yeah. despite the horrible name is a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. He dresses a lot like Christian. Yes, he does. Who is, who apparently is Tony Khan's favorite all time wrestler further fueling the conspiracy theory that Ari Davari is a stand in for Tony Khan. Oh, my God. I never even put two and two together. Good Lord. By the way, Christian and Jungle Boy had a pretty good little segment this week. Just thought I'd throw that out there. They did, but I, I'm just not into it. Yeah, it didn't. It, it's been going too long. It should have. It, we should. Right. It should have culminated a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they probably I still think Luchasaurus is probably going to turn back. Maybe at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I am really excited for the trios title trios titles and and. There's enough going on in AEW right now for a change that that didn't even make the heat index. Look, yeah. we, we didn't have Kenny Omega. He's number one on yours, number two on mine. We didn't yeah. have Punk. He's number two yep. on yours, number mm-hmm. one on mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have Brian Danielson. Yep. Number three. They're the top three. Yep. The, we didn't have Miro forever. That's yep. four of our top five are the returning guys. That's right. Even though not everyone's 100%, it's really good to have the full roster, for the most part, of the, the superstars back in action. Yeah. We're finally, and I have to think, this Daniel Garcia story might have been the what was always going to be the culmination between the JS and Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. And then you've got injuries, and, and they just had to put it off longer than they expected. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, let's see. What did we not talk about? I think really just hook. You know what? There's there's something I want to talk about with uh, with the factory. Okay. Last week we mentioned the new look of Nick Camarado. Right. And what did you compare him to last week? Who did you compare him to? The you had something. The like a wrestler or another thing? Because it seems like they're doing. It seems like they're doing the Tony D'Angelo act from That's NXT. Yeah. To because, me, uh, what's his name? Kid, uh, what's the the guy they just added yeah. was in was in the group at yeah. with Tony D'Angelo, and at first it looked like they were making fun of him, but now yeah. they're just kind of doing it. Like now this they're just week, sort of. When I saw that man stand sitting at that table, yeah, before Will Hobbs came out, to was he playing dominoes or cards? Who they were playing dominoes? Yeah, because someone slapped down a domino and yelled domino. Right. QT Marshall, <laughs> as if that, I don't know. I don't think that's right. how you win dominoes, as if they were saying Yahtzee. Right. And I, I, the second I saw Nick Camarado, I said, that, that man is is Joey Ryan meets Scott Hall, 100%. He even had something <laughs> sticking out of his teeth, just like Scott Hall. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. Like it wasn't, I think it was like the stick I can't unsee that from now. a lollipop. Right. Yeah. But lollipop. without the lollipop, just right. the stick so you could see it. Yeah. Because at that camera angle, you would, I guarantee you, they'd put a toothpick in his mouth, but you couldn't yeah. see it. So they went for the larger item. Yeah. 
and I and I'm I'm assuming they're not going for Joey Ryan meet Scott Hall. I'm assuming they're no. going for Scott Hall. But yeah. either way, it works for me. <laughs> works for me. I think he's got I saw a picture from the dark tapings. I think in the next couple of weeks on dark we'll see him coming to the ring in a feather boa. Really? So yeah, I think he's going all we're, the way with the glam thing. We're going we're the, going somewhere yeah. with this. Right. My God. Okay, let's see. Um and, and by the way, again, yet again, you have Will Hobbs. Right. Everybody's excited about Will Hobbs. He's on yep. his own now. He's the big bad. He's feuding with Ricky Starks. We're right. just going to throw in QT Marshall for no reason other than to cool this off. Right. Let's cool this program off. Yeah, yeah. we don't Maybe want we can get la- too hot last too fast. Six months. Right. No, no. We don't want people getting too excited about Will Hobbs. Uh-huh. Definitely want to keep him out of the heat index. There's right. only one way to do that. It's yep. QT Marshall, my friend. Yep. Yep. Jesus Christ. I don't even know the name of the new member of the factory. Don't even know the man's name. I think I did at some point, but QT appeared on screen. And it wiped it out of my memory. <laughs> it was like mind. men in black just right. flashed it out of my head. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Uh, what else? What do we have here? FTR and the trios challenge from yep. Jay Lee. So Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. Good wrestler. Like really good wrestlers. That's exciting. And I'm assuming every time Satnam steps in the ring, Wardlow's gonna step in the ring. Mm-hmm. So this could be good. Jay Lethal that could be fun. Um go going head to head with Dax Harwood. That's like that's a great match. Any way you put it, any area you yeah. put it in. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Satnam, of course, said powerbomb me if you can, which means we're gonna at some point the culmination yes. of this feud's gonna end in a power bomb and it's gonna be awesome. I love that, yeah. Um, let's see. Could have had FTR versus Claudio Nuda. Oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah, because at the end of the ROH show, they tease that. Yeah. The just have all the belts against each other. I thought that would have been a great undercard match. That would have been a, a great idea. So Tony Storm fought faced Kylan King. Yeah. And I am concerned that we're getting a few too many rampage matches on Dynamite. Yeah. And we've got way too many elevation matches mm-hmm. on Rampage. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw Kylan King, I didn't care who she was wrestling. I just fast forwarded. I yeah. did not see one second of this match. But I do not regret it. I knew whoever she's, I knew the winner is going to be whoever comes out next. Right. And I'm going to let me assume the winner was Tony Storm, who came yep. out next. Yep. No interest. I watched it. I have no memory of it. None. Now I do remember. I do, however, remember and did watch um, Britt Baker, Reba, and Jamie mm-hmm. Hader talk about it. Yep. And uh, I was really upset that they're not going to be on All Out because I'm yep. really excited about them getting back in the mix. Because yeah. I feel like the women's division has suffered at the lack of Britt Baker. Yep. Yep. And honestly, the lack of Jamie Hader, who we've never really had feel like full time in singles competition. And I'm I'm hoping we get there soon. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I, it was interesting for Britt to just announce she's not going to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, uh, yeah, it up that, yeah, it's like in case you were thinking of buying this for me. Yeah, you don't need no. to buy. It. No, pump it don't up. You're it. not wrapping us up. It's too early. Although we're wrapping up pretty soon. <laughs> oh, we've got we've got like seven minutes to wrap this up. The Ruby Soho or Ruby Soho Ortiz promo was fascinating. Yeah. Ortiz was clearly going for a 1980s cocaine-fueled promo. Right, right. And I thought, 
he's going a little too overboard, like he's trying too hard. And yeah. then Ruby Soho joined in yes. with, I don't remember if it was words or animalistic yeah. yells, yes. but that brought it all together it did, and knocked it, it out of the park. Put it all together. I like them together. Yeah. And I kind of like this sort of mixed tag thing happening. They're really good together, and I do hope. Yeah, I do like these mixed tag matches. I didn't think I'd be excited about them. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. Um, and I hope we get more, and I'm really looking forward to them versus uh, Sammy and Ty. Yeah. Yeah. Pup it up. You are fired. You are fired officially. <laughs> no longer part of this show. Okay. She Hook just realizing how Jack long we went. In, in a second. She, he squashed him in a second. Pup it up yeah. is not having it. Right. Why I did they really bother do. with Zach Clayton? Like I don't know. And the thing is, I believe his, so. His name is the reality, right? Because he dates a reality star, right? He was not on the original Jersey Shore. I know they he did like not? a movie or something soon. Oh, okay. Recently, and maybe he was on that. But outside yeah. of that, he's. I don't think he's ever been on a reality show. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm, maybe he was on something recently, but he just dates Snooky. Right. Who I think I called Sookie earlier. He J- dates Jay Wow. He's Jay Wow. He's dating Jay Wow. I think Jay Wow. Are you sure? You look this up. <laughs> Hold on, Zach Clayton. All right, I'm looking this up. Okay, Zach Clayton. Okay, apparently he is from the Jersey Shore. Oh, okay. But I don't know if that was, and he is dating Jay Wow. That's his uh, wife. See, that's what the apology were, was for at the beginning of the show. I got, that's yeah. true, right there. That's that's on me. Um, I I am assuming I saw a, enough episodes to not remember him from the original Jersey Shore. So I'm guessing they came back and did some new episodes this year, which Maybe. I think they did. And he was on those. Yeah. Okay. Um. But hey, we're going to get Angelo Parker. Forward. Angelo Parker oh, challenges uh, Hook. That should I'm be interesting. In that. short, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, Athena beat Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford is back. She's wearing yep. straight up lingerie to the ring. <laughs> it's a solid look. I was not that interested in this match, but no. um, Jade came out while Athena was in the ring. They just left Athena's Silver Hawks back, like flight right. pack. Right. Out on, just the, laying out on there. The, the ramp. Just laying right. there. That's on the crew. Uh, like a fan threw it out. Right. And Jade came out with the Cody Rhodes Triple H hammer and destroyed it. Yeah. Thing is, I have a clear memory of her squatting over it with the hammer. No memory of the destruction, but I'm pretty sure she followed through. She did. She did. Yes. Okay. While they held while they held Athena to make her watch it. Destroy yeah. her hand built. I gotcha. Wings. I gotcha. That she spent a lot of time on while she was. So, and again, like I like Penelope Ford. I think she's improved a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to make Athena a big star and put her against Jade, Penelope's maybe not the way to do it. I don't know. Yeah. At least not right um, now. It was, it was decent. Uh, I can't yeah, remember the match okay. at all. I was about to say it's a decent match. I can't say that. I have no memory of it. And I watched it like two hours ago. <laughs> I really I remember the outfit. I remember Penelope's new outfit. That's what I remember. Um, let's see what else do we have. Um, I like Danhausen cursing Slim J. Yeah, I think that was a retroactive curse that affected Slim J in utero. I think we have <laughs> ample proof of that. It's maybe the most effective curse. Yes, of uh, of Danhausen's career. Oh, okay. So I had never seen the finisher. Yeah. And you're saying it's I didn't the know it either. Hill. 
Yeah. It's Someone posted Jakarta. it on Twitter that that was because, uh, you know, uh, Orange Cassidy was the I think he was the fire ant in Shikara. Yes, he was ant colony. And that was one of their finishers was these this sort of. That's I don't great. know what you'd call it. Piggyback splash thing. I love that they, they like did that, though, because how often people. do you have a trios finisher? Yeah, so rare. And, you know, there was like four people around this country who were just marking out. Right. Yes. For that finisher. Right. That was three of them were in the it. ring, but the other yeah. guy loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest pop of the night for that right there. <laughs> All right. We've got uh, two minutes. Let's look ahead at what's coming up. All right, so lots of stuff. CM Punk, John Moxley, who knows what's going to happen with that next week? Ricky Starks interview, which I assume involves how, Hobbs how many in some seconds way. is he going to get into that before he gets jumped? Before over he starts, Hobbs? yeah. Or and how many seconds is going to be before factory. he complains about how many seconds he has? Exactly. Uh, uh, Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn. Yeah, father versus son. That, that should be interesting. Lopsided. Yeah, seems like a lopsided match. That'll be interesting. Uh, Dax Harwood versus Jay Lethal. That's probably what I'm looking forward to the most, other than the world title. Right now, that's maybe match of the night. Yeah. Maybe match of the night. Britt Baker versus Kylan King. This we'll, is another match where yeah. we will, I will watch this one right. fully. Right. But I will. I know who's going to win this match. And then Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and the Aussie Open. I have no idea who's going to win that. I hope that it's Osprey in the Aussie Open because I want to see and if Omega is going to be back because I want to see Omega and, and Osprey just tease. Oh, yeah. Just like I, they'll just do two hot minutes and then get out. This, Which also, we don't have time to talk about it, but if you no, have access gonna, to New Japan World, you need to watch that uh, Osprey Okada match. I do have access and I'm planning it on is it. amazing. Um, this is now match of the night for sure. I think this is going to yeah. be this is going to be That's going to be insane. Jay. I'll go through Rampage real quick. House of Black versus Silver Reynolds in 10. Dustin Rhodes versus Claudio. Like, come on. That's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Ruby Soho and Ortiz versus Sammy and Ty. That's going to – this is maybe the most solid episode of Rampage we've had. Right. I guarantee you they're going to throw in four elevation matches. Right. Just to muddy the waters. <laughs> right. Waters and keep these other matches to like yep. one, one and a half minutes each. Um, trios Maybe. tournament. We don't have time to go through predictions on that. Let's see. Yep. All out. Mox versus Punk, maybe yep. Trio's title. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Do you think the title's changing hands? I think so, and I hope so. All right, that's all the time we have for today. We can't <laughs> even finish the all-out paper, the all-out preview. We're at a, we're at one hour thirty minutes from me, James McDaniel, from Kevin Neely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media. Have a great week, everybody, and we can We hope you'll join us back again next Monday.